As of Friday, the UNHCR, which is the United Nations organization that deals with refugees, has said that there are 3.3 million Ukrainians who have left the country because of the invasion of Ukraine. They estimate something like 6 million who are displaced within the country itself. They've left their homes not knowing when they'll return. They've crossed over borders into, into Poland and into Romania and uh, into Moldova, some to Russia, some to Belarus, as a people cast out, a people in exile. What does it mean for them, I'm sure the question is, to be Ukrainian when I'm no longer living in Ukraine? Reading this news really helped me kind of wrestle with and, and give me maybe a better understanding of what we read in the Old Testament of the Bible about the Israelite exile into Babylon, part of what this video talked about, where the Jewish people experience a a brutal exile, where they were invaded by the armies of Babylon, the kind of big bully on their doorstep, who came in and took their land who spent generations in a foreign land figuring out what does it mean for me to be Jewish when I'm not in the promised land of my people? What does it look like for me to be a person of God in the midst of Babylon? Like this this video told us, and and much of what uh, Old Testament scholars will tell us, is this captured the imagination of the Jewish people to the point where much of our Old Testament is, is... is making sense of what does it mean to be a people in exile. In fact, much of what we have in our Old Testaments was compiled together as the Israelites returned from exile back to the Promised Land. And these stories that they're latching themselves to gives us, give them a bigger glimpse of maybe what happened to us is part of a bigger story. Maybe this conflict that we, that we have just experienced, that our grandparents who were dragged into exile, who had to leave their homeland, is actually part of something bigger. We see this theme of exile woven throughout the Scriptures, in the Old and the New Testament. It was in the minds of the Jewish people at the time of Jesus' life, who were wrestling through, are we actually back from exile, or are we still in this kind of prolonged exile because the kingdom of God isn't here and Rome is the ones in control? And this became a major way of the followers of Jesus trying to make sense and explaining what happened on the cross when Jesus died and when he rose again. We're in our second week in a series we're calling Atonement where we are trying to make sense of what it is that happened on the cross. Now, the word atonement means uh, reconciliation between God and people. The process where two parties become at one together. And, And we used last week the analogy of a diamond. That just like a good diamond has 58 facets, different different angles to it, that help light to reflect, help the diamond actually to be brighter and to show the brilliance and magnificence of what the stone actually is. What happened on the cross, the atonement, has so many different angles and perspectives that we can look at it from. And the the authors of the scriptures 
use all kinds of ways of explaining what happened on the cross. So that if we only ever look at it from one perspective, we're not really getting the full picture of what happened there. We can't appreciate the fullness of what it is. So our heart in doing this series and approaching the atonement from all these different angles and perspectives, one is for us to appreciate the fullness of what it is, but also to give us a language where where the language of what happened on the cross just rolls off our tongues. No longer are we just kind of like memorizing the four spiritual laws, but it's, it's something that, man, there's a whole language to it. It's a whole, it's a thing that affects every different area of our life, and we can grasp that better as we approach it from all these different angles. So exile. Humanity is in a state of exile. We're cast out. In the language of a recent Spider-Man movie, we are far from home. In a cosmic sense, but also in the most intimate and relational senses. We experience exile in, in all kinds of ways. Everything from our alienation from God to the casting out that we feel in the relationships we have with one another. In the ways that we might feel like we're, we're the one in the family that is actually on the outskirts. That we're kind of pushed out. Or that we don't fit in the community and so we're on the fringes, we're exiled. We don't get to have the same kind of relationships. And we see that exile is something whether it's cosmic or whether it's personal and relational, is always caused by sin. We see sin affecting humanity's relationships in all kinds of ways, always leading to exile. Let me give you three examples. Sin brought exile from Eden. Back when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, and they got to experience the fullness of God's presence in a way that that the rest of humanity has, has never fully known their first act of sin and sin entering the world caused exile. They they were cast out from the garden. They were cast out from from the the presence of of God in the same way that they had in Eden. And humanity remains in that state following suit. Humanity now lives in exile from Eden, exile from the fullness of the presence of God because of sin. We read throughout our Old Testaments the, the story of the Israelites who were exiled to Babylon, right? And God, we, we read through Judges, right? God gives them this promised land. This is the land that I've given you and your, your descendants, that I'm blessing you. It's a land full of milk and honey. You have everything you need, and you are my people here. But God's people, because of sin, they violate the covenant. They worship other gods. They become more like the nations that they drove out of the promised land than the people that God called them to be. And so eventually God casts them out of the promised land to Babylon. They're exiled. They're cast out of the promised land to Babylon. And we see it today in our relationships. How sin has has affected the way that you and I relate. In a way that, man, we struggle to have the closeness and connection with other human beings that we're actually created for. It's hard to have good community. And I know that many of us in the midst of COVID and the pandemic, we have felt the the need that humans have for community 
And because of sin, because of relationship discord, because of family issues, because my family doesn't get along with your family, there's that exile. We feel cast out from the fullness of community. Some of you have felt this much more tangibly in your own human relationships and dynamics in your own family than than I have. But all of us, in one way or another, experience exile because of sin. Here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus experienced and redeemed us from our exile by taking our sin upon Himself on the cross. Jesus experienced and redeemed us from our exile by taking our sin upon Himself on the cross. Let's just leave this slide up for a bit to kind of be our our anchor over the next little bit. How did Jesus experience exile? See, Jesus, what he chose to do in the incarnation, in coming in the flesh, is he experienced a voluntary exile. He chose to leave what is home and to come to us. He chose to go to the foreign land, so to speak. We read you know, in, in John chapter 1, we read throughout the scriptures of how, how Jesus has existed eternally with the Father. That he's existed in this perfect, eternal, uh, Trinitarian community. But he chose to leave the, the thrones of heaven to come in the flesh and to live among us as human. He chose exile. He chose to come to our space. And what we read in John is, is even when he was here, his own people rejected him. Right? He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. So he came among the Jewish people, those who were called to be God's people, and they they cast him out. The religious leaders didn't appreciate him. There were those who tried to stone him several times. We see Jesus voluntarily taking on exile. We read in Philippians this, this beautiful poetry. I don't have it up on the screen, but... But that Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider his equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, something to cling to, translations say. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus voluntarily took on our exile to the point where he took on death. He went so far into the outer reaches that he took on a criminal's death. Ultimately, he experienced the exile, he experienced exile from his own people. And the language that we read about what happened on the cross gives us this picture of Jesus as the Messiah suffering exile in the way that his people, the Jewish people, experienced exile in the Old Testament. You can read through Isaiah and the predictions of the suffering servant. You can read in the language that's used uh, in the Gospels around the cross. And, And for those who kind of have the eyes to see it and draw the connections, you can see that what is going on is Jesus is experiencing exile the same way the Jewish people experience exile. He is experiencing something that is a punishment for sin that leads to alienation and being cast out. He experienced the furthest thing from home 
in being on the cross. You may remember the, the haunting words of Jesus that he cried out from the cross. I have it here from Mark chapter 15. He says, Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani? Which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Your translations, you might be familiar, why have you forsaken me? These words are haunting. And, and, and they, they challenge our theology, even. Of Jesus feeling this experience of abandonment and alienation from God. Experiencing exile. And there are, there are different ways of talking about what, what's happening here and why He's crying out. One, theologically, we can say, well, on the cross... The sin of humanity has been placed on Christ. And so for the first time, this sinless man is experiencing the weight of sin and the resulting alienation from God that sin brings. But even more so, what Jesus is doing here is is he is crying out Psalm 22. This is is the opening line of Psalm 22. And and if you have a chance later on today, grab a Bible and and pull up Psalm 22 and read through how this this maps on perfectly to Jesus' death, though it was written hundreds of years before. He cries out in Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken? It, the language of this psalm goes on to say that I'm, I'm surrounded by dogs, which was a, a language for, for Gentiles. That, that it's them who, are, who are, are beating me. He uses all this language that, that we see as language of the people of Israel in exile. Those who experience the, the punishment from a foreign power who came and exerted their force on them, who felt abandoned by God because they were sent off into a foreign land for generations. Jesus here is crying out. He is is embodying Israel's exile on the cross. Surrounded by dogs, these, these folks gloat over me. And they say, where is your God? This is the language of the Babylonians taunting Israel in exile. Jesus experiencing the same thing on the cross, though at the hands of the Romans. And towards the end of of Psalm 22, we read this kind of future hope of God is one day going to restore His people. He's going to restore Zion. This is at the time when it was written, Psalm 22, the people in exile looking forward to God bringing us back out of exile. And read through the lens of Christ, we understand the hope of what the cross brings is the restoration of God's people to himself from exile. The cross shows Jesus entering the exile of humanity by taking on their sin and feeling the alienation from God. The cross shows Jesus typifying the the exile of Israel from the Old Testament. And we also see that the cross shows Jesus experiencing exile from community. He was hated, he was despised, he was betrayed. 
We read in the laws of the Old Testament of, of certain individuals who would be cast out of the camp of God's people for being unclean or being despised or for their actions. Jesus was betrayed and hated. The crowds shouted, crucify him. And we read that he was exiled outside of the camp. He was crucified outside of the camp. He was sent out by his own countrymen and community. Hebrews 13 uh, speaks to this. When it says, So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore for this world is not our permanent home. We're looking forward to a home yet to come. I think this is the key for us in understanding what the cross of exile means for us. If Jesus is the one who experienced humanity's exile, who experienced Israel's exile, who experienced exile from community, he paid the price for us to no longer be exiles from God. But we are going to experience a life of being exiles in this world. No longer are we exiles from God because of sin, but we're going to be exiles living in the midst of this world. We're no longer outsiders in our relationship to our Heavenly Father, but we're going to be exiles to those around us, outsiders in the eyes of, of our communities. How does this get played out? This gets played out in the fact that our primary allegiance and identity is not as Canadian citizens. Elizabeth II is not my sovereign. King Jesus is. And any identity I take on is far secondary to that. That means that even though I was born and raised on Prince Edward Island, this is not my true home. This is, not the, this is not the end all, be all. Our allegiance is to the kingdom of Christ that we see inaugurated in the cross and that one day is coming. In the language of Hebrews, we are looking forward to that home yet to come. It means that I have more in common in terms of my identity with my brothers and sisters in Ukraine who are singing uh, the, the, the worship song that we sang this morning in, Ukraine, in Ukrainian than I do with those around me who speak English and may have been raised down the street from me. But we share the same king. That is where my citizenship ultimately is with the Russian for whom Jesus is their king. He's my countryman in the way that a fellow Canadian is not. My allegiance is ultimately to Christ. I'm an exile in this land. But here's what this means if I'm an exile here, is we get to be a creative minority. See, a lot of us have, have talked about the fact that, oh, Christianity isn't you know, the, the majority that it used to be in Canada. Do you know what? I think being a minority is more fun. 
I think that being a people who show glimpses of what the kingdom of God looks like rather than our allegiance being primarily to look how great Canadian culture is or the way of doing things in Canada, the kingdom of God is where my allegiance is. And when I get to show glimpses of that in the midst of being here in Montague, Prince Edward Island, the world around me gets to have a taste of heaven. As a church, we are called to be this this minority outpost of the kingdom of God here in this place. And think of the beauty of the glimpse of that kingdom that we're able to give if if we are following the Spirit in our lives. Like, like imagine, like think about how in the 70s when, when there was a, a, a large amount of immigration of Lebanese to Prince Edward Island. Some of you were, were around at this time. All of a sudden, there was food with spices in it on PEI. All of a sudden, we had a glimpse of something greater than like, I'm sorry, but roast beef and mashed potatoes cool, but Lebanese food, like there's, there is something greater that we get a glimpse of because there is this creative minority that is showing us a glimpse of the culture of their homeland. How great would it be for our community to see a glimpse of our homeland in us because we're exiles We're also called to work for the good of this place, even though this isn't our ultimate home. We can take our cues from the the Jewish exiles in Babylon. Jeremiah, in in, uh, his, his huge book, there's an excerpt of a letter that he wrote to the exiles. And we quote it all the time for kind of the famous line, like, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper, blah, 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 right? That's the famous verse. But there's, that's not my favorite part of the letter. My favorite part is, uh, is in the verses that come before it. Where Jeremiah says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those that I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses. Settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Part of being exiles doesn't mean that we are hunkering down and like building rapture bunkers because we're, we're getting out of here and who cares what happens to this place? Part of being exiles and giving glimpses of the kingdom of God is that we actually work for the betterment of our community. We actually want the greater Three Rivers, Kings County area to thrive because we're citizens of of the kingdom of heaven that happen to be here. And lastly, we invite others into exile because Jesus was exiled for us and he shows us the way into closeness with God 
we invite others to walk on that journey too. To say this isn't home. This isn't our ultimate allegiance. There's a greater kingdom that is coming that is here in a glimpse, but will ultimately come in a greater form. We want to be part of that, and that's where we're going to find life. Let's place our hope there. Would you pray with me? Jesus, you didn't have to do what you did. You chose to cross the borders of heaven into the foreign land of earth and to take on the the posture of an exile, of a traveler, of someone far from home and ultimately experience the fullness of that on the cross. Jesus, I, I I can't even grasp the fullness of what that means. But Jesus, my prayer this morning is for us who have seen your exile, you exiled so we can be brought close, that we would would follow suit. That we would live our lives in in a different kind of exile so that others could be brought close to you too. Knowing that what you accomplished on the cross provides the way for us to come home to our truest home, to our ultimate home. God, we long for the kingdom of God to come here on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray, come Lord Jesus. Bring home here. It's in your name we pray. Amen.